0: About Psalms right now, and I've been learning a lot about um, these things. I guess I never realized that these were prayers. Some of the first prayers that people learned how to pray. And uh, about one of our board of director members, uh, Pastor. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me just stop again. I have another announcement. So my spiritual parents are here today, and I'm just really thankful for it. Ted, Ted it's Ted's birthday, and he loves hugs. So after service, if you guys all just make sure you hug them and squeeze them a lot. Uh, but I didn't want to, there are our, our board of directors here. And um, so I just um, want to just say thank you uh, so much of who I am today is because of what you guys have done in my life. And uh, I'm very thankful for you. And now I'm nervous because you guys are here. So if you, can, you can quietly leave as soon as possible. It'd be great. I'm just kidding. Um, Psalms. Uh, to, Pastor uh, uh, Tom Benegas uh, explained to us that in, in, if you're struggling reading, you should read whatever day of the month it is that Psalm, and uh, and then add 30 to that and read that Psalm. Add 30 to that, read that Psalm. Add 30 to that, and so you can read up to like five Psalms in a day. And I took on this challenge, and it was super good for me growing. Uh, and sometimes I'll flip over and read the Proverb of the day as well. But what I learned is that David, you know, he's up and down in his prayer life. He's, up, he's really emotional. But you'll connect with Jesus in a way where God will speak to you, defining some of the things that's got to come out of you, emotions that's going on inside of you. And it's good to bring those things out. Psalm 51 is one of the greatest psalms in the Bible. Uh, and I want to read it to you guys today. We're going to jump into it. And I think you're going to learn some cool things about what's going on. I do believe that healing is in this room. And I do largely believe that this passage is a big part of it. Can you all stand to your feet with me as we read the Psalms today? I'm gonna read this over you. Psalms 51, verse one, he says, "'Have mercy on me, O God, "'because of your unfailing love,' Not, "'not my unfailing love, your unfailing love. "'Because of your great compassion, "'blot out the stain of my sins. "'Wash me clean from my guilt "'and purify me from my sin.'" For I recognize my rebellion, and it haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned, and I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. I love that. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you deserve honesty from the womb. You desire, I'm sorry, uh, teaching me wisdom even there. And he says, purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Man, that's just a powerful prayer. I've prayed that so many times. Oh, give me back my joy again, for you have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins, but remove my stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. And renew a loyal spirit within me. And do not banish me from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels. And they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God, who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal your lips. My lips, O oh, oh Lord, that my mouth may praise you. I love this. Do, you do not desire a sacrifice or I'd offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, yes. O oh God. Look with favor on Zion and help her rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then, that's a good prayer for right now, for us, for Israel. Uh, then you will be pleased with sacrifices offered in the right spirit, with burnt offerings and a whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. Let's pray. Jesus, help. Amen. Man, this is uh, one of the most beautiful psalms because it's largely about God's mercy. It's largely about God forgiving us. And if we're talking about healing, there is no greater healing that I have ever seen on earth. I've gotten to witness blind eyes open, cataracts off people's eyes. I've watched the lame walk out of wheelchairs. I've, I've seen the deaf here. I've seen bones put back together. And I've never seen a greater miracle than the cleansing flow of the blood of Jesus and what happens when we get washed in the land. I'm telling you, it is the greatest miracle that can happen. And this psalm is so precious because it's really revealing to us what the Lord's greatest desire in your life is forgiveness. He really wants to draw you closer to Him. There, It is your destiny to have relationship with a holy God and you need to understand that there is it is difficult for us to have relationship because he will never compromise who he is and so he is always trying to change us draw near to me he says and I'll draw near to you and he's largely trying to untie some of the things inside of us that are gross but there's nothing we can do to change us you need to understand I, I can't fix me I can't take back the words that I've spoken. I can't make right the wrongs that I've done. I can't show up somewhere more often to replace the, the times that I wasn't there. Does, does this make sense? The only thing that can change is, 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 is humility. It's, it's I'm sorry, it's I was wrong. And, and we offer our filth to Jesus and he offers to us his righteousness. And now I can stand in the holy presence of God changed. Not because of me, like David said, but because of your unfailing love. And uh, as we start, this passage is so precious. I, I remember back, the greatest moment of my life was the day Jesus cleansed me. It wasn't the day my wife said yes? Uh, it wasn't the day I held my son. It wasn't the day I held my daughter. Or you know, it wasn't. It, it was the day that He cleansed me. To know that I am new and can walk in the plan that He has for me—it it is liberty like nothing else. Because I can't fail when I'm doing what He wants. I, I can't, there's no amount of money he's asking me to get. He's, he just wants this relationship to be right. Yes, yeah. Psalms 51 is largely about the cleansing flow of Jesus. It takes me to my first point today. I prayed for you guys this morning. I said, God, what do you want to say? And I think that uh, as, I'm, as I believe our, 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 the Lord is taking our church deeper, you need to remember this one real principle: sin is still real. Yeah. And you need to know that, like, it's it's difficult because as it's like we're learning so much that we're forgetting truth. But sin hasn't changed from the beginning, it's always been the same, but it's almost like the culture we live in it can dumb down the effect to the point where. It's everywhere, so is it really a big deal? Yes. To a holy God, sin is a massive deal. So much so that in order for us to have relationship, he had to sacrifice his son for us. I was listening to a sermon by Billy Graham uh, from the 70s, and it was like, oh man, seems like the gospel's changed. It hasn't hasn't basic christianity 101 We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of god and the reason why this this prayer is so important is because david's realizing i've got some things in me that's kind of icky and god if i want joy back in my life i've got to come back to the things that really matter you know when i dance and i'm happy the most is, is when i have no worries there's no worries on my life cuz I'm not striving to please man or striving to get money or I'm not s- I'm just I'm right with you. And this is yeah. this is good. And now I have joy. The Holy Spirit is taking us deeper and I want you to understand that culture is going to try to define what sin is for you. It's like sin is changing, it's evolving. We're getting smarter. We'll never get smarter than God. Be careful as culture is changing so fast, so rapidly, that things that, were, that are bad now, it was, it was like it wasn't bad at all 10 years ago. Or things that were bad then are okay now. The truth hasn't changed. We have. So reading this psalm, I'm reminded that, that sin is bad mostly because it, it hurts God. Because he wants to have relationship with us. What's neat about this passage here in Psalm 51 is that it almost didn't happen. See, these are songs, you got to understand. And the king of Israel wrote this song. He's got this harp out, and he's trying to get the choir together. And he's like, hey, hey, guys, I want you to sing, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Now it's kind of funny because this is the wealthiest man on the planet. This is uh, Bill Gates (laughs) leading the choir here. But its uh, I like to remind all the men in the room that it's Bill Gates and Brock Lesnar combined. He's the toughest man that's ever walked the planet. He killed 10,000 dudes. This is a manly man who has everything that he could want, but one thing he knows he cannot earn, and that's right standing with God. And he needs the Lord to do in him what he cannot do in him himself. Change me, God. Teach me to love you. Give me a heart that wants you first. You hear the heart of our King David. Now, this psalm is special, in my opinion, because it almost didn't happen. What do you mean? This purifying miracle. David actually convinced himself that he didn't need it. And it's crazy to me that we as the church can do this so often where we can be Christians who are aware of the cleansing power of Jesus, but don't actually experience it. So this is coming out of an experience that he's have, remembering that Jesus cleanses. Now, you can know this. Great theology. I'm glad you know. I need you as your pastor. No, no, no. Your family needs... No, no. This world needs you to experience the cleansing power of Jesus, that that your sins would be blotted out and your joy would be restored when there's no more shame or guilt on your conscience. And we dance and we're free and we can live again. It's like I can go to work with more confidence tomorrow because I'm not worried about what people are going to think. I'm just going to be obedient to what God's given me in my mission for my life. So as we're reading this, it almost didn't happen What are you talking about, Pastor Tim? Well, Psalm 51 was actually written because of an encounter that David had with a friend of his. Now, in today's culture, this would go completely the opposite way. So there's this guy named Nathan who happens to be a man of God. And uh, Nathan walks up to David, and he shares this story with David. Can I take you there? It's um, It's in 2 Samuel chapter 12. And I'm just going to read some of it to you. And so Nathan comes up to David and he tells him this story. Hey, David, the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to tell David this story. There were two men in a certain town. One was rich and one was poor. And the rich man owned a great many of sheep and cattle. The poor man owned nothing but one little lamb that he had bought. And he raised that little lamb and it grew up. Uh, With his children and it ate from the man's own plate and drank from his own cup. That's that's kind of gross. I don't know if you know that, but um, uh, and he cuddled it in his arms like a little baby daughter. That's really cute. One day uh, he uh, a guest arrived at the home of the rich man. And instead of killing the animal from his own flock or herd, he took the poor man's lamb and killed it and prepared it for his guest. Verse 5, David was furious. As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed, any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay the lambs to to the poor. uh, He must repay four lambs to the poor for the one he stole for having no pity. And Nathan looked at him and said, I'm glad you feel that way, David. You're that guy. You're that guy. Don't be that. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. I want you to know there's a lot of unchurched people that don't want to go to church because they've experienced that guy in the church. Jesus talked about recognizing the the, the splinter in your neighbor's eye before you have the plank in your own eye. What you don't know is that sin grows. This actually came out of a story where David He uh, had had everything he could ever want. He had all the wives he could ever want. He had had everything he on in the land except what happened was he coveted more. And he saw a beautiful girl and thought that she was pretty and he lusted. And he allowed that lust to remain in his heart without telling anyone, without dealing with it. He didn't get it out and he pondered on it and he pondered on it and he pondered on it and it got worse. This is what happens when you don't deal with the things That's going on in your heart. It grows. What happens in the dark, guys, we got to bring it into the light. You got to bring people into your life that you can talk to these things about. So David um, had his way with this woman, probably forcefully, who knows. And what ended up happening was she became pregnant. And in order for him to conceal the situation... He had to take his friend's wife and he had his friend murdered. One sin led to another sin, led to another sin, led to another sin, all because of pride. All because he was afraid of what will happen if people find out. So here's what you need to know, especially those of you that love Jesus the most. The more you know about the Lord, the more judgment will be upon you. The more you know scripture, the more you know to do right and don't do it, to him it is sin. I say this to leaders in the church all the time. There's a greater judgment that will fall on you that know the Lord. it's, It's just biblical. Now, in this passage, it's almost like David forgot Until Nathan came to him. When I say this, this this was a a miracle, this psalm. It's it's a miracle because had his friend not come to him, he may have never known about the cleansing power of forgiveness. Someone came to him and said, David, you're an idiot. And it got him right with the Lord. And he humbled himself realizing that I can't get right with God. I've messed up. There was nothing, I, I, I can't give a greater offering. I can't, I can't serve in church. I, I can't clean my neighbor's yard. Nothing I did can fix what I've done. I've done it. Now I need you, Lord, to clean me. But it's crazy to me because somehow David convinced himself in such a way that he was able to be a man of God in the house uh, and in leadership without really recognizing that this was wrong. I wonder how many things do we see in someone else's life that we don't see in our own. I wonder the damage that we could be doing in the body of Christ because we're not recognizing the power of the greatest miracle in your life, the cleansing, purifying love of God. There's nothing you can do that can make God love you more. There's nothing you can do that can make God love you less. That's why David starts off this song by saying, It's your unfailing love that I'm clean. Oh man, what a miracle! It's a miracle that God knows who I am and He loves me anyway. Some of you think God loves you because you're really awesome. need to know the only thing good in you is what he put in you (laughs) so it's so much grace on our life there's so much grace I mean the fact that we're living here today first point is that sin is still real second point I think you need to know today is that sin has consequences it's real listen you, you you can have forgiveness from the Lord you can have forgiveness from people, but what was done was still done, and it's going to take some time to make right. I mean, you—you you had a baby. It, it, It's—it's going to be hard now. You—you—you—you—you you, you, you said the wrong thing. You were—you were a jerk. You—you you told him, man, and great. Now now it's been told, and I just want you to know that like there's consequences to the things that we done that we did. It's going to hurt. First thing is in Psalm 51, verse 11, and it's it's out of this passage where the first thing I think that is a consequence of sin, that may be the worst, is do not banish me from your presence and don't take away your Holy Spirit from me. First part about this guy, friends, church, Can I, I want to tell you a secret that I think I learned in my life a long time ago. I love, I love, I love conviction. I love when I feel terrible for something that I've done because it's only the holy spirit that can reveal that to me That's right. so the fact that you are become aware that you're a dog with fleas is great news like like drink in those moments because now you have a moment to, to to fix it to change that the bad moments in our life is when we're not aware of what we're saying or what we're doing or how we went the wrong way at the wrong time and the when we forget that unforgiveness is wrong, pride is wrong, covetness is wrong, greed is wrong, when we're hoarding up all of our treasures to build our own kingdom is wrong, and we forget about giving back, like, like just, I want the Holy Spirit with me to tell me what's wrong and keep me in order. When David's praying this, don't take your presence from me. I want to make sure that there's, there's a scripture that Paul would say, it's not in my notes today, when he says that our conscience has been seared with a hot iron. I don't want to get to the point where I've done wrong so many times that I stop feeling wrong about it. Because it happens. It just becomes common. It's just, oh, I'm just dealing with this thing. It's just what I do. I look at this. I say that. It's okay. It's not okay. Sin is wrong. Does that make sense? The greatest miracle I believe that the Lord wants to do in your life is not what He can do in your body, in your mind, yes. but what it starts in our soul. That's a good word. First point: sin is bad. Second, uh, there's another verse here that I should read to you. Um, it happened to David here in 2 Samuel chapter 12. He says, this is what the Lord says, because of what you have done, I will cause your own household to rebel against you and I will give your wives to another man before your very eyes and he will go to bed with them in public view and you did it in secretly, but I will make this happen to you openly in sight of all of Israel. And uh, man, that just seems like that's not fair. Um, and I, I, I think that sometimes what's happened is that the Lord is gonna allow the weight of our sin to really define wrong to us. And I think that, unfortunately, those consequences sometimes are good. Because how bad is it if we forget that sin is wrong? We don't feel some of the consequences of our life. I love grace. Sometimes grace is hard for me because it's too good. That's a revelation for someone else. The third thing I think the Lord spoke to me about today is I, I wanted you to, to know. About. We were in here, we were praying yesterday and several prophetic words about this service today that were just powerful. And one of them came from my, my bride. She said that she said, um, it was out of uh, John chapter six and it was the story of um, the, the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. And, um, and, and she said that um, the Lord was asking this young man who had been paralyzed for 38 years. Now, the pool of Bethesda, for some of you who aren't aware, in Israel, during the days of Jesus, there would be this miracle that would happen once a year that this pool, it was a special pool in, in, in the temple, that it would like activate and the water would begin moving, and the first person that got in the water would be healed. It was like this miracle that the Lord would do and have grace on his people. And this uh, uh, paralytic man, he tried for 38 years to get in that water. And he was so frustrated that because he was paralyzed, everyone was just faster than him. And they would cut him off, and they would be the, they'd get to the front of the line. And in 38 years, he was paralyzed. And I want you to know that sometimes in life, the hurts and the pains become part of our identity. It becomes like, well, this is just who I am now. I, you, if that's where you are today in your theology, you, you, you're, you're, you're making small of the Lord's ability. He is a miracle worker. Like he, he his power is real. It starts in our soul and it moves throughout our body. He can heal, he can provide, he can transform. There's nothing he can't do. And Jesus looked at this man who was paralyzed for 38 years, who missed his opportunity at the pool of Bethesda. And he said to him, do you want to be made well? It's my third point today. One, sin is still real. Two, sin has consequences. Three, is a miracle. Do you want to be made well? Some people, we just allow it to become our identity. This is who I am. I think um, if, if David wouldn't have been careful, that would have just become who he was. But what I love in this passage of Psalm 51, he talks about these things that becomes really real in the church. Can I get your attention for a second? He talks about blot out the stains of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt and purify me of my sin. Purify me of my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. One of the things that I've learned that it becomes difficult, becomes a massive insecurity that the Lord is trying to redeem from you, he's trying to buy it back from you, is guilt and shame. Shame is a terrible thing in a believer. It's a cancer like not many things. Let, Let me explain to you. I I don't know if if it's just you, but uh, for me, uh, I I don't have like a whole lot of clothes. uh, And so uh, I wear a lot of the same clothes all the time. And if I have a favorite shirt, I love that shirt. A, a, a good shirt is, is is a wonderful thing. It just it just gets on me, you know, and uh, and so if you ever had a favorite shirt that you you know you had spaghetti with and you got the noodle on there, crap, and you got most of the stain out, you wear you don't want to not wear your favorite shirt, so you still wear it. You got cranberry juice on it. Anyone else? Dang the cranberry juice, you know, and uh, it's like you wear that shirt and you try to hide that stain. Anyone else? It's, it becomes an insecurity in a scenario where like the Lord doesn't want you worrying. about Like if you're with people that care about the stain on your shirt, find some new friends. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like it's like there are plenty more things to worry about in life, but somehow we get worried about that. It lingers. Sin does that. And it, it, it robs you of real fellowship. It robs you of real intimacy. It robs you of a real, like, we don't care what's going on or what. I've got my own issues also. When we have real intimacy, it's like, I, I, I was uh, working with this couple uh, recently and teaching them how to pray. And, and it was like, why is prayer so hard? Because you, you, together, you're both who want to be great for each other, have to stand before a God who's greater and realize that you can't. That's why prayer is so difficult. You're holding hands with someone else that you like to pretend that you've, you're strong for. And I have to be weak. I have to talk to God who is wise. And I'm not. Strong. And I'm not. And the vulnerability that happens in that moment is real intimacy because no scenario do we walk around going i'm an idiot i'm not i'm dumb i'm not strong but standing before the almighty the scripture says that the wisest of men is foolishness to god and that's the that's what intimacy is guys listen when we have things in our life and we're hiding it from each other real Fellowship is us being able to confess. I said it last week. I said it the week before, and I said it the week before that. We confess our sins to God to find forgiveness. We confess our sins to one another to find healing. Pray for one another that the Lord would heal you. This is James. If if we just hide our junk, who will you really have a relationship with? They're not going to know you. I want you to know the Lord knows your brokenness. And when you can share your brokenness with other people, now you have real friends. Thank God for Nathan in David's life who knew who he was and still embraced him as king. The hard thing is is when you get found out before you give yourself up. Because there are people in your life that rely on your integrity that need you to have character, that need you to be a person of humility and honor. And when you break that, trust is broken, and it's difficult to restore that. So you need to give yourself up first. Hey, you need to know, I'm not as strong as you think I am. I always worry about the church in America because we put these pastors on these pedestals. I've met a few of them. None of them deserved it. And I'm just letting you know, I, I, I know in this church, there's not, none of you are perfect. A lot of us have these things going on on the inside, and the Lord is trying to heal you. So let me just throw you a couple things out there that I think is really special that I found in Scripture this week. I'm going to start with my favorite, and then I'll kind of dumb it down, and then Deb will come. Cool? You guys still with me? Yeah, Greatest miracle the Lord can do in your life. It's what he does in your soul. Give yourself up. It's the greatest thing that'll ever happen to you. Check this out. This is a cool one, man. (laughs) When I got this, I got it. It was right. I don't know. It just like a light bulb came on. Said this Once again, you have compassion on us, and you will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the ocean. Micah chapter 7, verse 19 you're like, well, what's so cool about that? Well, first of all, it's, it's Micah, and uh, I got a son named Micah, and so it's already pretty cool. You know, I think this kid's really cool. Anyways, I, I keep going on. Um, he's probably watching right now from home, so you better be anyways. <laughs> um, but it says that the Lord would have compassion on us, and he would throw our sins into the depths of the ocean. You know why that's cool to me? Astrologers today know what's going on billions of miles from here, but we can't figure out what's on the depths of the ocean floor. That's right. I just think that's fascinating that Jesus would use that terminology to define where he's going to put our sin, somewhere where it's not going to be remembered anymore. Can't even be rediscovered. Once you know what the Lord's going to do in your life, when he takes your sin from you, you can't have it back. He would go on to say this, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. Psalm 103, verse 10 through 12, he says, he, he, he does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve for his unfailing love. Again, we're, we're learning how to pray because of David. His unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the heights of the heavens above the earth. For he removed our sin as far as, as the east is from the west. He's trying to take your sin from you and never give it back to you again. But I, I, as, as the paralytic man who had this issue for 38 years, what I have found in my own life is it's hard to trust Jesus and people with my hurt. I, I'd rather deal with it myself. That's not the way you were designed. We were designed, it's not good for man to be alone. We were designed to do this together. And so I I saw this picture this week. Someone put it up somewhere on, on the World Wide Web and it thought it was just neat. It was like a cartoon, black and white Jesus. And there's this little kid sitting in front of Jesus holding this little teddy bear. And Jesus has his hand out asking for the teddy bear with this ginormous teddy bear behind his back. Yes. And what I saw is is us. He's saying, give me your crap. Yes. I have something special for you. But we're like David, trying to hide and conceal the pain and the insecurities and the hurts and the wrongs we've done so that we can let everyone else see how great we are. But the best version of you is in Him. The gift that He has for you is His righteousness. And man, it brings joy and confidence and clarity and strength like nothing else. Sin is still sin. And you can't hide it from the presence of God. He knows what's going on. He loves you anyway. But if you trust Him with what hurts... He can give you something that's just magical. Last thing as Deb comes, um, there's this verse. that it, it kind of bothers me because it reminds me of the Psalm 51 that should have never been written had David not realized he knew about the cleansing power of God, but until he experienced it, it would have never become his theology. Do you understand? I know you know that Jesus cleanses. But when you become a sinner, you get to be made right. Not because of what you do, but because of what he does. Now, oh man, is God good and gracious and loving and kind and healing and wonderful. There's this scripture in Galatians chapter 5 that really just speaks volumes to me. and It says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. I just, just want you to know that the Lord didn't design you to be stuck in insecurity and in fear and in worry and in panic. He designed you to be confident and dance and believe. I was looking at my son this last week, winning that championship game, pitched four, and he was man. He was he was unstoppable, Micah Broton. And I wanted to make sure every time he got up to the plate, there's nothing you can't do. But what happens is, is we become adults and we put on these insecurities and these fears and these worries and it's all, if you just get rid of that, you can be who God's called you to be. And just give yourself up. And he has something for you. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. It's the cleansing power of Jesus. And I believe it's the greatest miracle in this room today. Some of you, you've done something you should have done you went somewhere you shouldn't have went you looked at something you shouldn't have looked at you said something you shouldn't have said you, 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 you're, you're, you're holding on to something he didn't design you to hold on to and, and I'm telling you it's wrong and he designed you to be right to be made right by the power of the blood of Jesus